if you breathe less, you your demand on energy is less. The, the harder, the faster you breathe, the more energy uh, your body is producing. And um, that's also why we see a little bit of these issues in modern day life where, like you said, if we're stressed out, if we're in fear, if we're <sighs> panting, these kind of things, we're, we're producing energy the whole time. You know? Welcome to the Seamland Podcast. My name is Seam Lund and today our guest is Lee Evan. Lee is an Australian living in Finland. He's a Wim Hof instructor, breathwork specialist and a biohacker. In this episode we talk about the benefits of breathing properly and how not to breathe. This video is brought to you by the Total Sleep Optimization Video Course. One out of three people report having some sleep problems and up to 40% of the population experiences inadequate sleep. Sleep deprivation is terrible for your health, mental well-being, performance and body composition. The Total Sleep Optimization Video Course is a 9-hour masterclass about improving your sleep, fixing your sleep wake on the cycles, time of eating and optimizing your circadian rhythms. As a podcast listener, you can get a 20% discount off the Total Sleep Optimization Video Course by using the code POD20 at seamlun.com forward slash sleep course. That's P-O-D 20 at seamlun.com forward slash sleep course. Lee, welcome back to the show. Hey mate, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, and uh, glad to glad to speak with you again. Yeah, it's great. Always a pleasure to see you. And just wondering when's the next time we see in person? Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like we have to probably have to wait until more of these uh, like the lockdowns get easier. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, slightly yeah, like we spoke about uh, before we started that uh, yeah, like what, what what we never know like what what happens next. Like there's a lot of like uh, uncertainties and uh, like just mysteries uh, going around all the time. Yeah, but it's as as we've said, it's it presents some new opportunities too, new ways to train, new new uh, maybe some more time to consume some content, get better, uh, get more resilient. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so you are you know mostly known about doing the cold cold stuff, uh, ice ice immersion and the Wim Hof method. Um, yeah, like maybe just uh, give a brief uh, like an overview as well. Like how did you get into it and uh, what you do now? Yeah, well, I would say like my, it's always starts with the Australian. I'm the Australian guy that moves from one side of the planet to the other, from from the hot, warm climate to the cold climate of Finland. And of course, you get confronted. Like I didn't really know too much about Finland, to be honest, when I first came here. I heard it was cold. I thought there was polar bears, um, <laughs> but actually... I didn't realize how cold it would be and how how tricky that would be to adjust. So yeah, I just a lot of people started to invite me to cross country skiing and other other sort of things to do mm. um, because I was so afraid to go outside. I wasn't used to it at all. And uh, we have this beautiful creation here called sauna, the only Finnish word in the English <laughs> dictionary, sauna. And uh, that was that was a really cool thing, like a really good thing not cool but a really hot thing good good thing to do right. felt always nice there it was a social thing um but of course over here and when you go to these cottages out in the woods there's 187,000 lakes and the chances are your sauna will be located right next to a lake and in the winter time it's usually frozen so yeah the finnish guys were like kind of throwing me into the into the lake all the time <laughs> but the funny thing was i just i I took that as like a bit of a challenge, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the Australian guy that couldn't handle it or couldn't, couldn't ha hack the, the cold, you know, Finnish yeah. customs or whatever. So yeah, I learned all about it, made a lot of mistakes, uh, fell in love with the cold, really felt the effects, felt different, um, felt the health effects and, and saw the benefits. 
Um, but that was also a little bit of a, a segue into uh, Wim Hof because, uh, as we all know, many of us know, Wim Hof is a, uh, they used to call him a Dutch daredevil uh, back in the, in the old days before the science started coming out and people started understanding right. that there was something more to it, what he was doing. And uh, it helped, he helped me understand a little, he opened some doors for me, mainly with the breathing, I would say, oddly enough. The cold thing I was doing, and I, I, I think I got it pretty well, and I understood what was going on um, physiologically pretty, pretty well. But he kind of helped me link in the, uh, you know, some of the brown fat stuff, sure, but the the breathing and how the, you know, changing the way we breathe um, based upon how our physiological reactions are is like the is that's where it's all at. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's quite. Um... Magnificent, magnificent to see uh, how the body can able to endure these kinds of uh, stressors, cold and heat, uh, and also like how your breathing affects the way you endure it. So like, yeah, you can definitely experience a lot of stress when you're doing these kinds of things. But at the same time, you can also be very peaceful and calm uh, if you are able to like maintain control over your breathing and uh, kind of not freak out. For sure. And then, of course, the more you do that, the more you um, sort of like get it more in sync with all the other bodily processes that are occurring, like the um cannabinoids endocannabinoids that are produced in the body pain like killing off the, like or dumbing down the pain receptors things like that and uh, the more the more you go to the cold the more you expose yourself to the cold the brown fat comes into play so you become more and more resilient as time goes on hmm. so yeah it's a, it's a great thing and now you know we're at the point now where we're looking at the way that even how to activate the brown fat during like using some movement and forms of breathing as well so it's it's coming it's coming pretty quickly we're under, we're starting to really understand the role of breath in all these practices including the cold yeah what what what, what would be like the uh specific breathing for dumbing down the pain or like <laughs> making yourself pain sensitive insensitive uh look it's you know the the best form of uh, breath the most relaxing form of breath is the lengthening the exhale uh, in yogic breathing it's known as uh, ujjayi breathing um but essentially it's like a one to two ratio it's sort of like you're breathing in and then and if and the, for those of you who are uh, you know checking in with us on this on this little episode here you i mean if you just take five breaths if you're breathing in through your nose, if you like, and then breathing out through your mouth. Hmm. In through your nose, out through your mouth. One or two more times, breathing in. Out through your mouth. Lengthening the exhale one more time, breathing in. And then through your mouth, exhale. And already you can kind of feel the shift you can feel that you're more relaxed, maybe more focused. And um, yeah, that's where we want to be. That's where we want, we'd like to live in that. I always say like, breathe how you want to live. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Like if you are breathing uh, stressed out and you're breathing like rapidly and uh, chaotically, then uh, yeah, your uh, body is also going to follow that same pattern and you're going to just uh, Absolutely. be more stressed out. Yeah. But what, 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 what is happening uh, during that time when you are doing this? Like what is happening during the inhale and exhale? Yeah, so of course, like, you know, the thing that people, a lot of people forget still, still people forget that, I mean, we breathe because that's, this is where I talk about this, like, sometimes I talk about this evolutionary story. I mean, like, if we really think about it, 
all those years ago with those squidgy little things, those little squidgy water-dwelling uh, creatures. And there was, okay, not as much oxygen in the atmosphere as there is now, but oxygen nonetheless. And uh, that was a toxin, a toxin to us. I mean, it was, it was not possible to even withstand that. Millions of years pass and those little squidgy things come from the surface and they're starting to like look out from, from below the water. Um, and just imagine the evolution where we've actually not only been able to withstand oxygen, which was a form of toxin, but to not only withstand it, but break it down, use it as um, energy and form infrastructure inside of our bodies, like rib cage, like lungs, in order for us to sort of um, process that, have a gas exchange ongoing. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's quite fascinating really. But what ends up happening is that we need oxygen to break down the nutrients that we eat, glucose, fats, proteins, whatnot, breaks down in, in the mitochondria, forms um, ATP, adenosine triphosphate. Oh, I know all of your viewers and listeners know about ATP for sure, you know. Um, that's our energy energy base. So as we're, as we're talking about what's happening whilst we're breathing in different uh, ways and forms and shapes and techniques, if you breathe less, you, your demand on energy is less. The, the harder, the faster you breathe, the more energy uh, your body is producing. And um, that's also why we see a little bit of these issues in modern day life where, like you said, if we're stressed out, if we're in fear, if we're... <sighs> panting these kind of things we're kind of starting to we're, we're producing energy the whole time you know and we've, we've seen it in certain unfortunate certain uh vicious cycles where obese overweight people they're panting they're breathing more it's more of, of a labored breath but their demand on energy is still there and it's it's really difficult to break out of the cycle whereas in the yogic world in that calm sort of a little bit that peaceful sort of spiritual world there's been this kind of really calm approach to breathing, using the breath to sort of relax, um, you know, be thoughtful, be mindful, be conscious. And uh, that's, that's, that's the key. Now we can do it. Now that we understand it, we can do it. We can apply that to everyday life. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And yeah, the, the oxygen tends to be like in high concentrations can be yeah, definitely harmful. And uh, if you are like getting too much of it and, uh, so there needs to be like this balance between the oxygen as well as the CO2 to uh, maintain like proper oxygenation levels. Because if you get like too much oxygen, yeah. then you're like, uh, like if you're inhaling all the time, then uh, then you can lead to problems. Yeah. And, and you know, another sort of principle of breath is the CO2, right? Like you, you're, you're bang on there because the, the CO2 needs to like increase for our body, for our, the blood to actually get this trigger to release its load of oxygen. So, again, that's the, 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 the best way to explain it. As you know, you've heard me say it before and you've, you've probably told people as well. I mean, that's the, the old hyperventilation, as you're saying. If you're just inhaling like this, you're breathing in, you're blowing the CO2 out, and then you can't ever get that trigger, right? Mm. You, you're like, it's like an endless cycle until we make an intervention. And the intervention is the brown paper bag put it over the co2 then gets uh, exhaled into the brown paper bag then we're inhaling that again and eventually the co2 uh, level uh, increases 
yeah. we get the hemoglobin, which is the protein inside the blood, blood gets the, the message to release the oxygen load. And then you see the person calm down and then we don't need the brown paper bag anymore. So right. the CO2 is really key. And as you're absolutely correct, too much CO2 can be, can be a little bit of an issue for, for a lot of people. It's a scary place to be, but certainly too much of the, like in a way, if you would breathe too much, I wouldn't say it's too much oxygen. I would say it's just more because because we need that CO2 to release the right. oxygen. It more this hypoxic state. It's actually okay. blowing off. We end up blowing off more too much CO2 where we don't actually get that um, the trigger. Mm, gotcha. So yeah, like you you don't if you're like breathing out through your mouth, then are you like losing the uh, CO2 and you're not yeah. uh, enabling the CO2 to like oxygenize the tissues and to become this hypoxia where you're like low in oxygen and, and then you're gonna body stressed out and uh, freaks out yeah yeah that's the that's the thing i mean if you look at performance sports right um you know we've, we're creating we're generating a lot of co2 right so there there is a value uh, it's on some level to like really expel a lot of that co2 if you're running 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 in a, in a marathon or what, what whatever you can see the people after some time they're blowing they're blowing out but you'll also see them breathing in through their nose most of the time too Athletes from like uh, at high altitude, like Moroccan or um, Ethiopian athletes, they always breathing in through their through their nose. Um, they're able to because because at, um, at uh, altitude the you know the oxygen saturation is a bit lower by default. You know the air doesn't have as much oxygen in it, so they're actually getting this uh, training mechanism. So it is that there are benefits to lower levels of of oxygen and higher levels of CO two. But in moderation, obviously, and we, we want to train high, live low in those altitude mm. locations around the world, train in the altitude, but then live outside of the altitude. So you have the training mechanism. Mm. Right. So, um, yeah, what, what would be like a proper way to breathe? And um, you mentioned this is a mouth breathing and nose breathing. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of people say, like, should I breathe it? Like, through the nose is obviously the answer. Breathing in through the nose. It doesn't so much matter in a way. Like if you're not used to nasal breathing, it doesn't matter if you're exhaling through the mouth. And as we showed before, I mean, there are good benefits, uh, relaxation and calming the nervous system uh, and the, the vagus nerve itself by just lengthening the exhale. There's a lot of benefits to that. Mm-hmm. But always, like if, if there's one rule, it's like try and inhale through your nose. It's the most hygienic way to breathe um especially now especially now in these 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 times i mean there's a vast infrastructure and network of uh yeah i mean you've got the hairs on the nose uh, hairs on the inside of the nose that are all inside the wall of the nostril as well that are sort of blocking and stopping particles from entering larger particles we have the mucus inside of the nose the wet stuff that gets a little bit sort of a bit drippy some in certain changes of uh, weather but that's because it's also um, altering the humidity of the air mm. and the temperature. So it goes in through this, this uh, nose, the nostrils, goes all the way through this complex system, uh, the paranasal sinus, and then it goes into the lungs, right? It goes through this network of hairs and mucus and everything like that, Ta- filters the air as much as it can, and then basically it enters the lungs. So if you're running along breathing through your mouth, there's no filter. So particles and all kinds of things can enter. Right. And of course, this is usually the point where we talk around about this lovely little 
uh, well, the molecule of the year back in like 2007 or 2008, I think it was, it's called uh, nitric oxide. So only when we breathe in through our nose because of the pressure, because it causes a lot of pressure up here in the paranasal sinus, do we, are, are we able to create this nitric oxide? It's little molecule. The molecule is really interesting because it actually, um, it's a vasodilator, which means mm. it opens up all of the, the bronchi, the bronchioli and blood vessels in general, of which there are many in the lungs, as you, as you know. Uh, so it makes it easier to breathe, but also it's an antifungal and anti, it's like an antiseptic for your nose. So just imagine being able to breathe in and out through your nose and everywhere that air is, is entering the body, entering, entering your face <laughs> and up all these airways basically is being treated by this nitric oxide. I mean, it's a, it's a, you're missing a trick. You're missing a trick if you're not breathing in through your nose and even better if you can inhale and exhale through your nose. Mm, right. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, just healthier and, uh, more, uh, like better for your, like the, immune system or the cardiovascular system as well to have it uh, through the nose uh, but what 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 would like the consequences of uh, the breathing through the mouth if you're not breathing through your nose well obviously the 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 dumping of co2 where when we probably don't want to do that as well that's that's a big part of it but of course of course it's a sort of more labored breathing i mean for for those of you who are who can see or if you're listening listening only to this i mean if you just for a second breathe in through your mouth just breathe in through your mouth. Take a breath in. A couple more. You can even see, like, you can even see my chest here. It's just expanding, right? There's a mm. lot more muscular tissue being used, all the intercostal muscles, the upper chest, even, even in the back, you're like, you're kind of like this. Now we do the same thing, breathing through the nose. right? I'm looking a little bit to my side there because I'm just making sure that I, I've got it right. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. so, so breathing through the nose is, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's limiting the amount of um, activity in all the, you know, the skeletal muscular tissue, right? right? And what that actually means performance wise is that um, if we have all these muscles in the chest and shoulders, and even in the back that require, uh, they're moving, they require blood and they require oxygen. And you, that's, that's your worst enemy if you're actually running around in a marathon, um, you know, trying to make sure the legs, for example, have, have enough oxygen kind of towards that solar plexus, that kind of tender area. Mm -hmm. So we have that and we can actually use that to pull the air in um, and then, of course, create a negative pressure on the exhale. So it's much more efficient. It's more optimal way to breathe. And uh, that's, why, that's why nasal breathing is the best. And Obviously, the, in in a way, the op opposite happens when we're breathing through our mouth. Uh, any of the any of the guys that are doing the cold exposure uh, for the first time, or every time actually, when you go in, you get that initial. <gasps> That's the hint right there. That's the hint. It goes to the para, uh, the sympathetic, sorry, the sympathetic nervous system, and it's this reactive, <sighs> right. more active, more sympathetically inclined. So yeah, we want to steer clear of that. We want to go nasal. Um, yeah, uh, unless we're actually playing, you know, some of the Wim Hof breathing and some of these like uh, hyperventilation forms of breath, breath work are sort of uh, playing around with that kind of mouth breathing as well. But yeah, for a default, for the most optimal way during the day, nose breathing. For sure, yeah. 
Yeah, and the mouth breathing is also um, like leads to the improper development of the facial structures and the jawline and stuff. And uh, people increase the risk of uh, sleep apnea and uh, diabetes and obesity because of <laughs> because of that as well. So yeah, mouth breathing is definitely quite unhealthy. And uh, you yeah. should encourage you uh, starting from your like early childhood to uh, not do it. Uh, to still force them to uh, breathe through the nose as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, a lot of that has to do with, uh, for example, the tongue posture, right? I mean, mm. the, the fact that if we're, even if you're thinking now, like, again, I like to give these little examples as you go along so you can experience it real time. If you actually take your tongue, put it behind your two front teeth, and then round the tongue, the hard palate and the, t- the roof of the mouth, we're running it right along the top, towards the back, hard palate to the soft palate, you can kind of see how much like how much space you have in there right Mm. and if you breathe through your nose by the way where does your tongue want to go top it's sitting up it's sitting up in the roof of the mouth right so the fact is that when when we're breathing through our nose which we're all we're all nasal breathers from birth but something happens along the way right environmental factors or the the child is uh, kind of like replicating or copying the the parents maybe you know, parents are always like, oh, like this. So maybe that has an impact <laughs> impact on it as well. But the, the point is that if the child is breathing through its nose, the tongue posture is elevated. It's in higher in the roof of the mouth. And actually the, the craniofacial development kind of occurs around, around the tongue and the, where the, like, uh, the airway is higher if the tongue's sitting up uh, in the roof of the mouth longer in life. So right. if you want to give your kids a, a head start, just to have them breathing, breathing through their nose. And of course, there's a, there's a numerous studies that show that uh, children breathing through their nose have higher IQ than children that breathe through their mouth mm. um, and yeah. things of that nature. So it's, uh, I, I don't know how it is with adults. Maybe, maybe it's not so, de- <laughs> so defined, but uh I mean, hey, there's those shows, the TV shows, and there's still that kind of funny old school joke about your damn mouth breather, your mouth breather kind of means you're silly or you're right. stupid. Right, right. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, that is pretty, uh, like it's so, such a small thing and you wouldn't even think about it, but uh, it does make sense from the physiology and uh, like your, let's say, risk of all these diseases goes up as well because if you're yeah. breathing through your mouth, then you're also doing it while you're sleeping and that can just... Uh, increase your the sleep apnea and uh, if you sleep yeah. bad then you're basically just yeah that's one of the worst things that you can do to your health uh, because you'll get like neurodegeneration and uh, increased diabetes obesity and uh, everything in your bad because of your sleeping bad so it's not necessarily always like the, the mouth breathing itself but it's also the uh, downstream effects uh, that come from that absolutely and uh, i mean like people ask me like hey where can i get the like help me breathe. Like where can I get the biggest? If if in the in the gym we talk about where do I get the biggest gains? You know, like where do I get the biggest gains? Give me them gains. It's like if you want gains for breathing, fix your sleeping. Like the way you breathe when you're sleeping. I mean, it's if you're doing it right, you should be sleeping bare minimum. Like like if you're on a bad night, it's like okay, six, seven, eight, and then plus hours, right? Where, where else is there this situation where you can actually make an intervention to train something? Um, sort of like autonomously and that's of course where we do a little bit of that we we talk about you know taping people's mouths and things like this Um, people get a little bit excited with the taping and uh, they they think that that's how you have to you have to have the tape on and things like this but in actual fact what it's doing is just just keeping the the mouth closed 
Right. That's why I never recommend that people actually tape across here, like you know, like mm-hmm. the movies, you know, whether you know, like this yeah. across the mouth. Actually, just a thin strip, sort of like north south in a way, from the yeah. from the top of the lips down, just to just to keep the the jaw closed like that. And then eventually, what happens is that I mean, no, nasal breathing is one of these things that um, you like many things in life, many things in these amazing bodies of ours. If you don't use it you kind of lose it you have to keep that pathway open Hmm. so it's a slippery slope if you start you know living this stressful life you forget or your body kind of loses the ability or that kind of behavioral process of breathing through your nose and it goes into this mouth breathing and then of course as you mentioned autoimmune issues all i mean all these kind of physiological and psychological things uh, can take place thereafter yeah that's right um so, but you know, there are like some instances where you would uh, breathe through your mouth. Uh, so, like, when would it be, you know, appropriate or uh, it's not that like serious? Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, like this calming types of breathing, you that, like that's that's a good one. And then we mentioned it before, but this offloading of CO two is really uh, critical, really really key. Um, under load, under stress, like like not when I say stress, I don't mean like chronic stress or whatever i mean like uh, in a gym or you know these kind of scenarios where you you you're really pushing like a like a weightlifter there's a bracing position where you want to hold you want to tighten the core you want to stabilize the spine um, and the psoas and everything so you're kind of like and then you push but then of course you want that that there's a release there's a tension release so you want to have that after what i do see a lot of people doing just on that point is they're in the gym and you see these these guys with the with you know like hundreds and hundreds of kilos pounds whatever on the weights and they're like <laughs> <laughs> right but this it's like i'm surprised like that's probably why you see some of the veins popping and, and whatever because you're kind of hyperventilating hmm. just before you actually need the oxygen delivery right so it's it's you start getting into that dangerous area where you 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 know like you're you've got an enormous amount of stress and pressure on the face and everything and then you don't have the same level of oxygen as well so it's kind of like how are these guys actually doing some of this stuff but Mm. but yeah relaxation and then sort of like in a way de-escalating de-escalating from a stress or or like trying to trying to slide into that uh parasympathetic um side of the nervous system Mm. so like if you do it before as this uh exercise or the lift, then you're kind of uh, gassing yourself out uh, before you can actually, you know, uh, use the strength that you need. Uh, yeah. to, so would it be better to just, you know, take like a slightly deep breath and hold it and then kind of uh, slowly kind of uh, maintain a slower breathing rate? Well, there's a couple of trains of thought here. There's some pretty good studies that show that um, even doing uh, breath holds prior, uh, doing some sort of like pretty, pretty, strong breath holds we're talking about like you know minutes at a time potentially um is a is a way to sort of um maybe reconfigure the composition of the blood you know um using a little bit of this breath holding um this sort of you know there's so there's studies on um, different groups of people around the world uh the Bajaula tribe uh, that's found off the coast of the philippines their water dwelling tribe of people and they have they have um they're well known for foraging off the sea the the seafloor for their food lobsters and spear fishing and so on they have 70 year old 
um, tribe members that can dive under the water and stay under there for five, six minutes. And then, of course, they wondered why, how, how is it possible? How are these guys doing that? Uh, and it, at this age too, isn't it supposed to be that the curves all show that uh, the degradation of the lung capacity and, um, you know, the, the tidal volume decreases as we get older and all the respiratory muscles are fatigue, you know, they shrink and they, you know, overall breathing gets worse as we get older, right? So they, they started uh, studying these guys and they realized that one little secret weapon they had, or not little, not so little, actually big secret weapon was the spleen. Mm. This spleen, which is found, you know, under here, I, I believe it's the right-hand side, if I, I always get this wrong, but I think it's the right-hand side, on the right-hand side there. Um, this is like a blood bank, right? And it holds somewhere between three three to 400 milli, mil, mils of uh, really, really, the best blood you can get straight from the bone marrow. Oh. And the thing is that uh, it's sort of like, uh, again, it's this kind of pathway that's available to us if we stretch it, if we kind of flex it, if we apply your, you know, stronger by stress, right? You apply mm. a little bit of stress and you get this possibility that the body's like reaction to that is like, okay, lack of oxygen. Okay, we have some good blood that, that contains really, really good oxygen. Let's contract the spleen, squirt some of that out inside the bloodstream and there you have this um, you've changed the composition of the blood you have this high it's called hematocrit it's like highly oxygenated blood and the point of the matter is that these guys have uh, between three to four hundred percent bigger you know three three to four times the size spleen that we have so to your original point there's some evidence showing that if you actually start to um, do these controlled uh, breath holds even like it can be even an hour before your training, you're already sort of reconfiguring your blood and uh, giving yourself some advantage, giving yourself more oxygen prior to the working out mm. or the activity. Oh, well, yeah, that's super interesting. And mm. so, but, but like generally the uh, just being able to hold your breath for longer already has like a performance benefit in terms of you're able to maintain a higher like you're able to tolerate co2 for much longer and then you you will also be able to like push yourself further with the exercise uh, without starting to experience like you know discomfort and pain so some regular breath holds um, already have like a cardiovascular let's say influence absolutely yeah that's the that's the biggest thing right i mean like people people's comfort with the co2 um, like I said earlier, it's a very strange place and it feels like it can, when you, when you're getting to this point, if you've been working out to a point where you're like, Oh, the face is, you look in the mirror, the face is red a little bit and you're like, Oh, two more or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a uncomfortable place. Hmm. And for the most, most of us, we kind of, we reach that threshold and we're like, okay, let's, uh, no, I, you might be able to do it. You have a lot of residual oxygen inside of your body at any one time. 20, 25% residual oxygen in your body, but you're already uncomfortable mentally. Like, like, you know, that it feels funny. It feels like that kind of pulsating feeling in your head. And then you just shy away from that. Mm. So the, yeah, getting used to the CO2, that having a higher threshold of CO2 is like a, it's like a performance enhancement in its own right. And yeah, the breath holds, uh, the apnea walks, we do some apnea walks where we're kind of walking along and we can, you don't have to hold, pinch the nose, but I do it just so that the people who's watching this, you can just walk along and just like hold the breath. Mm. Like, you know, you can start to, yeah. you can start to get these small scale training effects yeah. uh, just by walking to the bus every day from work or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I used to do it as well sometimes. That uh, I would uh, look at a, like a you know a street sign or something, and I'll hold my breath until I pass it. So that's like a game, yeah. <laughs> some yeah, fun game. Yeah, exactly. You do it exactly. like uh, fifty meters or one hundred meters or something, and uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, makes it easier to kind of um, incorporate it into your daily routine without actually doing like something specific. Then. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of biohacking, right? I mean, looking at this whole biohack, like breath, breathing as a biohack, I mean, it's the kind of foundation of so many things. I mean, it's a foundation of everything in our life in a way. I mean, nothing can happen without the breath, but it's like not all of us have that like 45 minutes or half an hour or one hour to do like a Wim Hof method or all these sort of breathing. So the cool thing is you can literally start, um, you know, optimizing your breath by doing, doing really, really, really simple things like what you're saying, or like adding a conscious element to it and just saying, okay, how am I breathing right now? What about if I did start off like breathing from one street sign or road sign to the next, just through my nose. And then you can kind of like, hey, next time, next week, I'm going to try that breath, that apnea breath hold, uh, mm. the apnea walk, like that Seam was talking about last time. You know, you can kind of start moving and testing and, and kind of stretching the thing out a little bit more. And then maybe you get into these kind of laying down and doing the, the breath hold stuff and the static apnea eventually, you know? Right. Uh, but how would, uh, let's say, people know that they are breathing through the mouth? What are some signs and like danger signs? Yeah, I mean, again, the, the most obvious place to see uh, if someone's breathing through their mouth is usually uh, when they're waking up in the morning. It's a, like you, you will breathe default in your sleep, you know? Like when you're walking around during the day, you can kind of, you're a little, you're awake, you, you kind of like can adjust it slightly and you might not be able to gauge it. But if we're looking at somebody when they're waking up in the morning, uh, telltale sign is the mouth uh, being dry, maybe the breath. Maybe the breath is a bit, you know, doesn't smell so great um, right. because, yeah, a bit of extra bacteria in the mouth because you're breathing through. Again, you're not getting the nitric oxide. You're not, you know, it's not going through this infrastructure here and cleansing. So you've got a bit more bacteria in the mouth. Um, and then, of, of course, fatigue. You feel, you, you do feel fatigue. You have, you're more inclined to feel like you have brain fog, experiencing brain fog or that sort of like forgetfulness in the morning or, uh, I need three coffees to even function from here, you know, that kind of yes. thing. Yeah. So it's, it's it, like, all I can say is it's super important to look at the sleeping, the aspect of sleeping. It's the, it's the part of the breath or the day, let's say the part of the day where we look at the breath and you can, you can start to get the most gains out of there. And it's obviously, it's a good measuring stick because if you start waking up in the morning, you feel restful, you feel great. You, you don't, you know, the, the the mouth hygiene's good. Um, you, you already start to know that you're breathing through your nose. Mm, yeah, the, the dry mouth uh, that tends to be the biggest uh, sign. That because if you are like you know breathing through the mouth, then you are vaporizing the um, water in there, and uh, it's gonna go dry. Like of course, like you may be thirsty if you wake up, but uh, there shouldn't be like this, you know, you know, a very <laughs> dryness. Yeah, uh, this tack mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and and you made a good point. I mean, that's exactly the thing, right? I mean, the the studies are showing uh, that you. The amount of moisture, the amount of moisture that um, like you can reduce that leaves the body, the reduction of moisture that leaves, because, you know, here's the scenario, right? You wake up in the morning, you know, it's a, a cold day and the air is, air is cold. You breathe out, right? And you can see the mist, the steam coming from the, from the mouth. It's moisture leaving the body. It's actually mm. moisture leaving the body. Yeah. So the thing is, every breath we every breath we take and then we're breathing through the mouth, we're literally releasing some, some moisture. 
So we can reduce that by about 47%, I believe the number is 47%, um, if we just breathe through our nose. Now, look at that throughout the course of the day. How much moisture are we giving away if we're breathing through our mouth through the, through the you know, large chunks of the day? And now look at it also from the performance aspect. Mm. Imagine you're running in a marathon. You know, they always have to go to the side and grab the, grab the cup of water or whatever. Um, we, can re- we can reduce that or we can retain much more moisture and a liquid fluid in the body by just breathing through the nose, right? Mm. Yeah. And that's, 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 a ben- that's a huge benefit in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some, sometimes like, uh, you know, it's, it's very uh, important to kind of pay attention yeah, to your uh, overall breathing during the daytime, because yeah, like most people don't really know that. And usually they would uh, breathe through their mouth if they're like, um, you know, like, sit, I, I think like when you're sitting, it's slightly easier to start breathing through your mouth, uh, because you're like, you know, in this slouched over position, and your mouth already naturally opens up a little bit. And like, you're looking at the phone as well, you're scrolling through the feed, and you're not really paying attention to your breathing at all. And uh, you're <laughs> doing this mouth breathing uh, all the time so yeah, there's something <laughs> yeah. like it's a good habit to kind of have like maybe some reminders to yourself of uh, okay well, how am i breathing at the moment and uh, like what you need to do now yeah i mean it depends it really depends what you're scrolling what you what who you're following <laughs> on instagram you know like oh my god or whatever and you start breathing heavy all of a sudden you, know, you lose control of everything but um no but it's it's you're, you're so right i mean you know you hit the nail on the head it's the the posture it's the posture thing right like think about this there's two points uh, inside the body uh, where we can like really affect the posture in, a, in such a strong and positive way. First one, obviously, is the tongue. We spoke about it. The tongue sitting high in the mouth, breathing through your nose. Uh, but then also the diaphragm. The diaphragm here, and you, 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 you nailed it because like if people start to, you know, you see people at the bus stop, they're like this now. But there's this mm. kind of hunch like looking at the phone like this where we really need to be open and it's much easier to breathe when we have this open open chest um you know the diaphragm's open and it's not getting squashed down it's not being sort of like you know like suppressed down there and the diaphragm so uh, crucial to the posture because it's actually connected to to the spine mm-hmm. so it's actually connected to the spine into the thoracic spine here uh where like when you breathe through your nose you kind of forced to be upright like this mm-hmm. breathing through the mouth is like right. you can like you can kind of fall into the breath and then you you're not able to use the diaphragm in the same way so if you want the posture to remain correct you just look at the tongue and you look at the the diaphragm and both of those are influenced by breathing through your nose keeping everything in alignment in straight mm. yeah uh, how how would you go about like uh, improving this? Uh, like, how would you go from a mouth breather to a nose breather? <laughs> yeah, look, I think the the a lot the just consciously first. Firstly, understanding like we, we also mentioned this, walking around throughout the day and just understanding like if if you are feeling stressed, if you are feeling a bit tired, just just think to yourself like, how am I breathing right now? You, you've seen, you've probably seen it. You've probably seen plenty of people that have been in a meeting or a road rage thing. Like, how is that person breathing? Hmm. There's no way that that person uh, is breathing through their nose. It's it's like a stress. Like, hey, you cut me off, or like you can see the mouth opening. You can see the rage. You can even see it with people where they're um, nervous to go on stage. If they're if they're nervous to speak in front of an audience or something, you can start to see that their breathing is disrupted, and they're kind of like. 
holding the breath and the face starts to go red and they're you're like whoa you haven't even started talking yet you're already getting red you know so the thing is looking at your breath consciously throughout the day and just just ask checking in with yourself multiple times per day that's the number one way and of course the the second way is actually probably maybe at the same time after you've you're aware of how you're breathing throughout the day and if you'd like to start like sort of upping the game and sort of training uh, then that's probably when you'd look at the sleeping during the night and that's when i would recommend putting a tape just putting a a thin strip of tape not the electrical tape like the joe pesci mafia movies like (laughs) like this where you rip the whole beard and and skin off and stuff Mm -hmm. but just that just that uh, porous tape you can just put a little bit over here the -hmm. point is not to close like not, not to seal the mouth the point is just to keep the jaw or the lips closed. Right. And then that will that will have the knock-on effect of having the tongue up higher in the mouth. Obviously, there's a few other things you need to look at too. The, the, the tilt of the head in the bed, making sure you have a stiff enough pillow, not too soft, because we wanna we don't want the neck going back because that'll mm. that that it starts to get the breathing in here as well. We find yeah. the apnea, sleep apnea starts occurring. Mm. Um, but that's the way, that's the best way. And you know, you know, I've got these, you know, I've got these hanging around, you know, these little bad boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is, these are just a funny little thing because this was like a little experiment thing that I, I started. And then these, these people started to love these. This is a nasal dilator. Yeah. Explain how it looks like at all. Oh, yeah. It's, it, so it's a, like a little, it's, it's got two rings and it's, it's got like a little, right now I look like a, one of those like cows, nose, you know, nose, that have nose the ring. ring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nose ring. But what it does, it flares up the nostrils. I'll give you a real, I'll give you a real demo. So if, if you can see me, so what I'm doing now is I'm going to breathe through my nose. Can you see the yeah nostrils going the in? There. Walls of yeah, the nostrils are kind of caving in. And with this one, all it does is just sort of dilate those, make them remain, keep them open like this. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't cave in at all. So it just it just helps people. It just helps people uh, get that airflow in. Mm-hmm. For many of us, we have these uh, de- like a deviated septum, which means that the nostrils are nostrils are misshaped. Some one of the nostrils can uh, be a bit smaller or a bit bigger than the other. In uh, like seventy percent of people, right. so actually, yeah, it's quite high. Um, even if it's just a, a little like a millimeter or so, you know, any bump on the nose can sort of alter this too. And some people are just born like born with a misshaped nose anyway. Mm. Um, so just like not being one one nostril dominant uh, right. is, is a good thing. And this this is a good way. These work perfectly when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So you can have this in. They're pretty comfortable. They're pretty comfortable. They're easy enough to keep in. And then that's an easy way to get the airflow in as well. And as I said earlier, if you don't, if you don't use it, you kind of lose it with the nasal breathing. So yeah. These are good. These are a really nice trip. Uh, nice trip. Nice tip uh, to use those kind of things. It's it's an easy one uh, to use anytime. Uh, of course, it just comes with that little thing. Like if you're sleeping and you put that thing whilst you're sleeping, no one's going to see you look like a ring in the nose kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You're worried about that kind of thing. So right. Yeah, that reminded me as well the head position that uh, if you're snoring, then that's probably that you're doing a mouth breathing, and that's gonna leads to sleep or sign of sleep apnea and stuff so uh yeah if you hear like your uh spouse or like like usually like i don't uh, breathe uh through my mouth and i don't uh, snore usually 
But like yeah. if I'm like in the past, if I was like drunk or something, then I did like uh, sometimes snore to the um, or I did have like some snoring because I was breathing through the mouth. Yeah. So you do yeah, lose exactly. you lose your like self control if you're um, you know intoxicated basically. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, like when you're so when you're so you know if you're so like tired in in any way, and you just even nap, it can be yeah. so that you're so exhausted that you kind of like you're just like ah, and you know you you kind of pass out or whatever. It's more. The mouth hangs open. The neck's in a in a bad position. The head head's not on anything. It's just sort of laying back. Yeah. See see people sleep in all kinds of uh, positions. So these things are super important. And the straightening of the spine too. Let's not let's not um, you know the straightening of the spine is good. Or have it supported in a way where you have a good mattress or something firm enough where you're you know it's supportive but it's not sort of restrictive. And you don't want it too hard, obviously as well. So all these things come into play. But um, a lot of a lot of people are saying, and sleep doctors and whatnot, they're um, saying that maybe sleeping to the side can help also. Mm. So not not giving your body a chance to sort of have that head going backwards and having the breathing happening at the bottom of the throat, yeah. sleeping on the side, and maybe using some of the tapes or something like this can also be, at, at least at the beginning, can help sure. you. Yeah, it's a tool for like retraining yourself. Uh, so that you develop these new habits and uh, then your body will you know, start to do it automatically after it's uh, readjusted. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's but- just making these interventions, you know, it's the same thing with the, it's like with this nasal clips or the tapes mm-hmm. or even a belt, you know, there's the, um, I've, got, I've even got it here. There's a there's certain breath belts that kind of help support the spine and, and, and kind of engage the diaphragm. For, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they have, um, you know, a lot of women after they've uh, given birth, for example, they have, you know, the, the muscular strength because they, they're recovering from the pregnancy or from the birth of the child. Um, they have a weaker pelvic floor, which are the muscles around the pelvis, around the, the genital areas and so on, down, down past the hips. And uh, these, these muscles can often like be really weak and you, can, you need to retrain those because it actually has a huge bearing on how you breathe too. So giving some extra support down there and engaging the diaphragm, pull, helping the diaphragm to, to be, not helping, but kind of promoting or, or, or I don't want to say forcing, but like encouraging, let's say, the diaphragm to be stronger, have a lot more strength there. And then kind of lifting up the, lifting up the, the perineum as well, which is the sort of like little muscle there between the, the anus and the genitals there. You can actually strengthen that and it helps Oh, it helps so much with the breathing as well. So this is a lot of work to um, a lot of women, not only women, but uh, you know, you can get a lot of gains in the breath and regain control of your breath, the strength of breath uh, when you start training this as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, but, but speaking of the uh, clips, so you're making them to yourself. Uh, like, did you, like, how did you come up with like some sort of an idea? It's like really unique and a very simple uh, tool. And I think it's, a, yeah. it's it may be even better than the kind of mouth taping in some aspects, uh, at least like in, to a certain extent. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky here. I'm at a university, so we've got some pretty clever people here. And I, I've, I saw some things online where I was like, hmm, how can you kind of, how can we kind of recreate something like that, in, but a bit better, you know, where it's a mm. bit more maybe customizable or or lower lower barrier to, to right. get and uh yeah we just we basically work together with these guys now we can kind of like 3d print these these little mm. these little clips <laughs> nice. so i mean they're quite simple they're not they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination like there's some sometimes they sometimes i mean they're quite flexible they're made out of a flexible filament uh 
the obvious progression would be to try and get a, a like a bio, like a bio um, readable product. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really nice. Uh, this one doesn't give off any, it doesn't give off any fumes or, or, or anything like that on any, but it's just a, you know, they're just fun little thing. Mm. And, you know, they're not just for sleeping as well. You can, you, people are starting to start to use them now when they're doing some training with like running, mm. marathon training, because of the, all the reasons we mentioned earlier, how to retain moisture and water inside the body, how to maintain nasal breathing longer. So yeah, they're a good one. They're, they're, they're a fun little one. And now, yeah, that's becoming a, <laughs> that's becoming a full job of itself, you know, getting those out to people now. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like you don't really want to have like some some very uh, complicated device uh, to do that. Uh, you would like need something that is very easy, like like similar to uh, earplugs. Like you would want to hear earplugs yeah. that are you know easy and you can travel with them easily and you can just you know swap them out uh, relatively quickly. So yeah, I think that's yeah. a really clever, clever, definitely clever idea. And uh, like uh, I, I think I would imagine like does have at least it's retraining your breathing patterns a lot. Yeah, I think, and at this point, it's really important to mention as well. This doesn't, this this is no substitute for like, you know, this is not, this doesn't uh, fix everything. You know, like it, you don't put this thing in, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, okay, uh, breath hold time through the roof, and you know, cardio, you know, cardio's up, all the rest. It's like you said, you you're spot on. It's a retraining. It helps rebuild, or or in a, in a way, make a interaction or a. Uh, intervention um, with this kind of existing uh, habits, bad habits in some cases. It just it just sort of mm -hmm. promotes the nasal breathing. Um, yeah. It's it. I can't stress enough how quickly it goes too. Yeah. You know, we know that during these kind of uh, big global situations where you feel a bit alone or stressed or whatever, um, the breathing the breathing goes very quickly before you know it. And then obviously the the first place you'll see it is the the stress the sleep will be affected and then it can be a downhill spiral. So these kind of things are really nice to sort of pull it back a little bit if you need. And then on the performance level, just go for it, like put one in and just see if you can go another extra kilometer with the nasal this time or yeah. Yeah, yeah. next next street sign, whichever way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like how, but would you combine it together with like mouth taping maybe if you uh, use the tape as well? So. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it gives people a lot more confidence to know that they're, they're, they have this here because so many people like my, my father, for example, he has, he's like a rugby player back in the day. Mm. <laughs> he has, he's like, they can barely, he's so nasally. He's, he's like speaks from, it sounds like he speaks from here, but it's very like this kind of thing. And he has a, his nose is really smashed up. <laughs> he's on a CPAP machine as well. So he actually has to have like, that's the, the mask where you actually have this steady flow of oxygen. Mm -hmm. He has, he has sleep apnea um, as well. So, you know, in many ways, this was a part of um, a part of my breathwork journey is trying to find some sort of possibilities to ease, ease things for him. But uh, it's it, uh, the, sometimes the behavior, the, the, when it goes last, spans over decades i mean you become reliant on this sort of um in some time some it can be medications in some instances or it can be a com combination of the the technology or the device plus the medication um and a lot of the time with breathing a lot of it's mental too it's yeah. like yeah. you you mentioned the co2 tolerance just just feeling that there's an increase in co2 for a lot of people can be so uncomfortable that it sends them into a 
you know, it alters the breathing altogether. So it's, it's why it's really important to do these different trainings and, you know, mm. the, the street sign ones, it's a great one. It's so easy. The apnea walk or the little going up certain stairs, just holding the breath a little bit, just going easy, going the next step the next day or a couple more steps. So super simple, but like really effective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think like if you have like some, you know, broken nose or these, uh, yeah, like some crooked, crooked, uh, like nasal pathways, then sometimes yeah the obvious or well, the best thing to do is to still like have a surgery or something uh because yeah like the, you're still gonna have like troubles even if you use uh, all the devices if you're like you know sure. damaged yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there's look there's cases where it's like that their surgery is the only option i mean but then the, then again there's there's a lot of the time it's it, it is just giving a little bit more airflow and that has this knock-on effect where you're like more confident it's like whoa i didn't realize that I can actually do this and just giving someone that possibility to do that again um it gets easier and easier and easier the more breaths they take through the nose um mm -hmm. you just don't realize how you don't realize how how bad it can get until you're there yeah until you until you're there and you're like for example if you're on a plane or something like this so often the plane is like an airplane is one of the worst situations in general you know the airflow is going and you know it's cold it's hot it's this it's that and you know you're boxed up like this you you that's where you feel that the breathing is not correct that's why so many of us can't um, sleep on planes or whatsoever it's a just a bad environment to breathe for so many reasons um, biomechanically the actual quality of air uh, other people re-breathing air and stuff like that so yeah that's a that's one scenario where you can really see what the what the effects of um bad environmental stressors or uh, things around you can affect your breathing yeah and likewise like you don't know what it feels like to breathe properly until you're actually taking like a first proper breath <laughs> and uh, yeah. breathe through the nose properly yeah exactly yeah, well, uh, it's been a great talking with you. And uh, yeah, like where can people check out the uh, nose ring and uh, where can they find you on social media? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the, the, for the for the nose ring, it's actually on, uh, like I've got this, uh, I can, it's nasal. So this nasal.io, that's the that's the webpage for the, the na nasal dilators. Hmm. And the belt I mentioned is on there as well, plus, you know, some other gears on there. But then um, for all other things, uh, my, my name, leeyuan.com is the place to, find me or then just just say hi on instagram like so many people do ask me mm -hmm. the questions or send the videos and all the rest of it so i'm i just love talking about all this stuff cold hot breathing you name it biohacking in general yeah awesome and uh yeah uh, my last question is uh, what's this one piece of advice or habit you wish you'd up to sooner oh my goodness you got me off guard with that one um uh, look to be honest with you it it's probably relates very closely to like something you're familiar with, with the stress, you know, like mm. I, I think that the, the stress, like if you have a spoon and you bend a spoon, mm -hmm. it, it's more than just a spoon. You can create other, you know, like right. you don't know until you flex it to stretch it. Um, or you could say like this is that a, an elastic band sitting on the floor, mm -hmm. you know, just being dropped on the, on the ground that's been passed over so many times uh, when it's just sitting there for so long, you pick it up. The first time you try and stretch it, it snaps. Right. Whereas if you have an elastic band every day that you're using, wrapping the, you know, putting it around the postage or whatever, you keep it flexible. It stays nimble. It stays active. It keeps, 
it keeps its form. It keeps its, and I think this is a good example for most of us. I mean, whether it's, whether it is the cold, whether it is the sauna, whether it is fasting, whether it's the breathing, whether it's nutrition, like, you know, whatever you want, uh, exercise it, especially. Yeah. A bit of stress is good. The right kind of stress is, is, a, is a good stimulus. And I think that's one thing that I wish I learned a little bit better, like earlier in life, mm. would have been able to uh, work with that a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Is a use it or lose it. <laughs> yeah, that's the that hey, that's the that's these beautiful bodies that we have, you know. I mean, that's the that's the move it or lose it. It's exactly right. The same way you if you don't train the bicep, no bicep there anymore after a while. So it's the same with everything. Yeah. Well, it was a uh, great talking with you and uh, great to see you. So Thanks, uh, yeah, can't wait to meet you in person again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Always a pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure.